Art Talk, a place where artists talk about art things and stuff about creativity to help you do art stuff too. Hello. Um, Hello. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. All right, we're back. Yeah, we are. We're back. How are you feeling? I'm a bit jacked up mm. today, but that's yeah. good. I feel <clears> like you've been on an energetic wave for the last week or so. Yeah, I think Kelly put it pretty good a couple of hours ago. It's like whenever I start a new project, I get very excited and it's a bit overwhelming. Mm. I just need to take a couple of deep breaths. But you like projects, right? You're working Love it. Out. Love it. And I think like subconsciously, I find myself just always tapping into something new. It wasn't until Kelly was like, oh, he just loves a project. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I definitely do. I think that drives me more than anything. Keeps me busy. Keeps you busy. Ooh, we've got Mel taking some pictures. Oh, and sorry, so we, Mel. <laughs> no, it's not. What are the photos for? Just for us. For yeah, you. cool. Yeah, some stuff to post. But now I've lost my chain of thought. Okay, I'll, do it later. <laughs> I'll do it later. So, this is the fifth episode of the podcast. And <clears> because of the way that we're recording it, we've just released our first episode. We have. Which was really exciting. We got some nice comments. I got some nice messages about it. And I think people are enjoying it. Yeah, it's good to see people kind of sharing it. And Steve Robbo. Yeah, shout out. What a legend. I know, he made a whole post. It's crazy. And like, that's the enthusiasm that, you know, we want in our lives. It's so nice to see that people are taking their time. I mean, for, for a podcast, you really have to go out of your way. You know, if we say, hey, F1's up, you really have to make time out of your day to go and do that. So, you know, to everyone who has gone and tuned in, we really appreciate that because we, we do totally understand that. Your time is valuable. Time is valuable for sure. Yeah. Okay. So today I, I do have something that I, I want to talk about today. I haven't really talked much about this, so I'm going to give it some context. Yeah. I was walking down the street the other day and Newcastle is going through so much progress right now. It's really moving forward. There's a lot of construction. There's so much going on. And I was thinking about what it'd be like to be, you know, an up and coming creative. And I quite often hear some people saying that it's really hard to sort of break in right now. Instagram's sort of not what it used to be and it's really hard to build accounts. And what was coming up for me is maybe a strategy or a way that if I was trying to become a photographer right now, the sort of way that I'd go about it. And so, I'll try and explain that. There's sometimes this little bit of a feeling that new creatives have is that especially if they're working full-time and they're wanting to move out of a full-time sort of profession. And that's the sort of problem that a lot of creatives have is that they're usually doing a job that they don't want and they want to move out of that as quick as possible. But if I was to start an account right now, I would probably go for like an architecture Instagram for Newcastle. And all I would do is go around town and document in a really good quality all the things that are going on. We had a conversation the other day and you were like, there's some stuff we're posting on the account. You're like, can you tag these people? We want to reach those people. We want them to see us and, and then we can potentially collaborate with them. So, I would go around town right now. I would go and document all this stuff in a really high quality. And then the strategy here would be go and tag, you know, Newcastle my City Newcastle, Council, yeah. Newcastle City Council, <clears throat> New Otali, all these people because Newcastle is such a small place. It's such a small community, especially when you start meeting these people and you start becoming connected to them which you can just do through social media these days, mm. they're going to see it. There's almost a 100% chance that if you tag these people in, like we all do it with social media ourselves, you know, I have a few followers and every time I get tagged, I check it. Every time I comment on those people, I check it. So, there's a little bit of a strategy there. And I, I think for a new creative, it's thinking outside of the box like this. Yes, mm. you can go in and you can try and copy or 
almost like there's this competitive nature. People are like, I can go in and I can do that better. But yeah. you don't always have to do it better. Sometimes you can do it smarter. And the smarter is using the tools the way they're meant to be used. They're a, a tool of connection. Yeah. And maybe build a little bit of a strategy around it. And I think that they see your photos and they're really good quality photos. Next time they have a project in mind and they've been tagged by this photographer and they've taken the photos that they have in mind, mm. they may come to you. It's history, yeah, because people like the story as well, right? So, it's one of those things because we're living in this day and age, we find it weird to go and take a photo of something nowadays because with having cameras on our phones and whatnot, you feel like it's just going to get pushed to the side. Yeah. But if you don't take a photo of it, you don't see the change, yeah. you know, and it relates back to that Merriweather artwork that I did where Mix kind of captured it in 88 and it's not until there's 20 or 30 or 40 years apart that you yeah. put something up against that like you see those photos on instagram of people holding a photo back when it was black and white in yeah. front of a building that's still kind of there yeah so yeah you're totally right and i feel like there is definitely an opportunity for that market at the moment yeah and so to build on top of this it's also this whole bit around the creative process and actually enjoying it as well it's a way to validate and you can validate using these types of techniques sometimes at the start of a creative journey you don't actually know where you're going to be at the end of that journey right like i started off in parkour and then it's led me down this whole avenue where I'm sort of doing digital strategy now. I get to shoot photos and videos. But at the start of the journey back then, if I hadn't have had the creative mindset from day one, actually, I've got this little description that I'm going to put out on my Instagram in the next couple of days about a memory that came up for me when I first started parkour, because I always wanted to share my journey. For sure. And this was 15 years ago. YouTube was one year old when I started parkour. And I remember sitting in my room when I was 15 years old writing a script and trying to create a parkour news show and oh, I, wow. yeah and i wanted to document like things that were going on in parkour and this was as i said year one of parkour and it was about six years later i actually got to make that idea reality. bring it to reality yeah. we did it when i started team frank we created a, a news show called ninja news but at this ninja, ninja news, news that's yeah, so shout, good shout out to ninja news <laughs> so that idea was planted back then and, and came to fruition about six years later but I had no idea at the start of that creative journey as an athlete and then creating content that 15 years later, this would be the role that I had. But it was through almost like split testing my life and trying all these different things that, you know, went around all these journeys that sort of zigzagged through. And at times when I was caught up in that journey, it didn't make a lot of sense. I was like, oh how's photography and how's video and how's parkour all going to come together but yeah like 15 years later that package has sort of come together and now it's something that i can package and people will pay me to do that art talk we talk art here and we create it at mitchrevs.com i've got a good question for you Sean. yeah i mean you've got 45 50 000 followers on instagram yeah and quite a solid following on youtube as well how did you grow your instagram from the bottom up yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So, for me, my following is quite interesting because I have done so many different things. So, mm -hmm. I have a lot of people who follow me for different things and that excites me because it means that I get to express my full self. Probably in year one to five of my journey in parkour, I went in with a mindset of trying to create that following. So, you had a strategy from Ab the get-go. Absolutely. And the way that we did that, because we were a team, we had Team Farang, was we built the life that we wanted and then basically used each other as our creative story. We created this myth almost around ourselves of being four guys from different countries. And we just essentially created something from nothing. Awesome. So, 
parkour was our tool and we all had very small followings at the time. Um, my friend Jason, me and Anan, and then we brought in Pasha later on and we picked this word, which was Farang. Which Where did that come from? That's the Thai word for foreigner. Okay. And so, we'd be walking around town in Bangkok and everyone would call us Farang, Farang, yeah. Farang. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. we took that word and made Team it. Farang. Yeah, made yeah, it. Team cool. Farang. Then we started what we did early on. And so, this was about 10 years ago. So, it's changed. the strategy changed a little bit. But we actually put all of our followings aside for a little while and all started pushing this one goal and mission, which was Team Farang. So, we put all of our resources and energy and everything that we spoke about was about Team Farang, Team Farang. And what we did there is actually built something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. But then once the brand of Team Farang started to grow, that created a meaning and a story out of nothing that then we were able to split that off and start building our own personal journeys from that. And a couple of the guys did it really, really well. They picked up Red Bull sponsorships. Jason and Pasha ended up winning like multiple world championships. And I did my own thing as well. What stood out for me was my personality. And I, w- I believe I was sort of the most relatable person within the team. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I have a big smile. I, I gave a lot of energy to the camera. So, there, there was people that loved Pasha because he was new tricks jason because of his flow anan because of his humor me because of my personality and my relatability but every time one of those guys was having a win it would add back to the story of team farang which would trickle out to all of us does that make sense Uh, it does so what was the core of team farang though was it a website was it youtube did you guys have your own instagram account or did you all just do your own thing and collectively it met in the middle somehow well yeah so team farang was us creating individual youtube channels and we'd all come together and decided we wanted to do a project together created team farang and we created content in that one place which was a youtube channel and an instagram at the time they were the two big platforms and Facebook. Actually, we had a huge Facebook following as well, 100,000 plus on Facebook. At first, it was lifestyle. So, what we did differently was parkour videos before us was very much big trick, big trick. All the Russians are on top at the time Mm -hmm. and the Russians were doing triples and triple twists and double backflips and some of them even did triple backflips. And we came in and we went, oh, we were quite young at the time. We could have been pushing our body in that way, but we were like, if we want longevity in this, if we want to be doing this in 10 years, then we can't be competing. There's always going to be younger kids come through. There's always going to be a new generation that are going to do better. What can we do to stand out? And what we did to stand out is we pushed the lifestyle first, which was travel. We went to Angkor Wat in Cambodia and we made the the temples feel like there was no one else there. And we made this epic video called The Temple and we documented Bangkok as a city and we call it the city and we made this lifestyle piece. And so, we went down the lifestyle route of parkour, which a few people had played around with, but it was character first. So, it was about us and mm-hmm. the travels. Then we realized we're going to have to make some money if we want to continue to do this. What are we all interested in? Oh, we all like fashion. We all wear clothes every day. So, then we went, okay, we're going to create a fashion line. But once again, with the mindset, and I think this is the important bit here, is we always looked at what we could do different than what was going on. And the way that we did that was actually from referencing from outside of the sport. So, where a lot of people at the time were going, how can we do what other parkour teams are doing, but do it better? We went, okay, well, what's skateboarding doing? What's wakeboarding doing and what's working for them? And then for me, and there's a whole conversation here around creativity and what it actually is. For me, this is what creativity really is. It's it's borrowing wide and bringing it together to create something new. Yep. And they say it only needs to be 20% different to be completely new. So, yeah, the first video we made was a bit of a reference from a wakeboarding video and skate culture. 
and we brought that in and we created Team Farang. And then everyone watched our video within the parkour community and said, wow, that's so new and that's so fresh. And it was because it was our own taste of that. But really, from our perspective, we were, we were borrowing from things that inspired us. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's like, we've spoke about this a lot, Sean, and when it comes to business and building a brand, people invest in that brand when they have a story to connect to. And what I guess Farang did was built years of experience and culture and shared that with your followers. Yeah. And then you build a brand four or five years later that is clothing. Yeah. And then people are invested in that. So you've got the back end story, which helps then sell the product. Exactly. And from a strategy standpoint here as well, and I see a lot of people these days, and this could be useful. It's not the only way, but I feel very passionately about this. And that is, especially with social media being so powerful these days, because even us as Team Farang, like we were early adopters for all of this. And it's kind of excites me that social media has gone the direction it has, because we didn't even see that back then. We were like, okay, we're getting all these views and that, but like social media marketing wasn't thing, you know, none of that existed. But what we did right, and I think this is a strategy that that can be replicated is through the tools that we just discussed about creating a bigger than ourselves brand first and then all borrowing from that and creating our own brands we actually had the following first and so what a lot of businesses and creatives try to do these days is they'll go out and they'll invest a lot of money in product and so you often hear of people who have made their first clothing collection and they've spent fifty thousand dollars on it And then they have all this product and they need to move it, but they've got no one to sell it to. And yes, there is ways to do it, but if you can create meaning around your brand before there's product, you can almost use that product to test the market. For sure. If you have 10,000 followers and they all (coughs) follow you for maybe, it can be art, it can be clothing, it could be whatever you do, skateboarding, but they're already following you. And then you go to them and you ask them what they want. Well, then you've just tested the market with the audience already. So... Yeah, that's just one tool or strategy I can share because it worked for us and that business is now 10 10 years old and the guys are still very much in the center of it. I'm not as involved anymore, but the business itself is still doing great. Mm. And so, we've built a 10-year business off building the following first, working out what product we could make and the guys are ticking over and doing really well with it, which is awesome. It's so good to hear. And that's the difference between having an organic following or just paid marketing, right? Exactly. And I think because we live in such a fast-paced world and a digital world, people see the success of others and they want that success themselves overnight and they don't realise the time that goes into the tens of years beforehand building that culture and brand and story and all those things that help sell the idea. So, yeah, I think that's a very valid point. Well, the thing is, it's like we're moving into this world where it really is brand first and the, the end product does matter but not as much as we think it's like nike it's like what's their slogan just do it people buy the meaning of the brand and yes it's the best quality stuff and we know what nike is but it's the the meaning behind it that people actually buying into mitch rev's brand your artwork it's a feeling that they're buying Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's color it's joy and so it almost some of the times doesn't matter what it is you're selling it's got to have a feeling behind it. Does that resonate? Absolutely. And you can see that with like my social post. If I post just an image of something that doesn't really have a backstory, it could just be, you know, an artwork that people don't, relate to they can't they don't connect to it you'll see it in the likes you'll see it in the comments yeah um, but as soon as there's an image of say 
us working on a new space or the podcast, things that people are getting, you know, educational tips out of or enjoyment, you can see the engagements there. So, yeah, I think that once again, very valid point and, you know, just kind of certifies that a backstory will definitely help sell whatever that is. How does your art talk? Email sean at mitchrevs.com. This is really interesting. It's like the 20 minute mark every time at the moment. I think that... that was 20 good. minutes. 20 yeah. minutes. It's like, it's like we're, we're able to just chat freely for 20 minutes and then that's the end. <laughs> yeah, man. Is there anything else that's going on? This is episode five. Like, firstly, I'd like to say thank you to the people that have listened thus far and we've been getting a few little five-star ratings on the apple iCloud or whatever they call it itunes so thank you so much for whoever's taken the time to go give those five-star ratings that will also help us grow and scale this podcast so if you want to give sure. it a thumbs up five star then do that anything else you'd like to say man it's such a trip just like sitting back and looking at the podcast tile there and even just sitting here and doing this because you know for me it's all about i never thought that i would do a podcast yeah. one because it just seemed cliche everyone's doing the podcast thing i'm not really one to follow trends and whether that's just me being stubborn or whatever i really didn't think that this would be something that i would invest my time into i'm not someone that really sits around and just talks either like it's never been part of me to do that i'm so go 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 kind of add and always have to be moving and i think this podcast is helping me it's a way for me to slow down and kind of get back to my roots and it's just grounding so yeah it's nice to you know just sit down and know that hopefully people are getting enjoyment out of this and once again thank you to anyone who is listening because hopefully there's value in it only good things can come from these conversations Mm. i mean there's no wrong things said it's just us getting our thoughts out there i'm happy to do that thank you for sharing it man you know what i'm keen to do though all right, what's this? I'm keen to get someone in here. Yeah, I've, I've got a list now as well. The Rock, Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, shoot, yeah, I love, like, but I love that about you. You're, you're only half joking. Like, that's only a, a slight joke from your perspective. Yeah, you talked about your mentor and, and I actually thought the same thing. I've, I've got a mentor, John, and I think that's someone I would like to bring in. He is a business guru um, mm-hmm. and works with he's got a whole thing called creator club so i think that might be the best way to go yeah i just want to get just everyday people in here yeah you know i think it'll be insightful I you know just to get fun. novos in here and just get them on the mic and get, make them feel awkward and shit you know i came in here two weeks ago and sat down with nuatali the yeah. lord mayor of Newey, and and we spoke about shit we just talked shit yeah for 20 30 minutes right awesome. and um and I was nervous. Yeah. It's no different to you and me sitting here right now doing this, but I was nervous because it was with someone that I don't usually sit down with. And I was like, where's this conversation going to go? And is there going to be like banter? Is it going to be a bit like fucking weird? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And it's only with experience. That's another thing that I'm looking forward to get out of this podcast is like public speaking for me is something that I've always shied away from. I I hated it. Like half the reason I didn't go to uni was because I knew there'd be a speech in somewhere in that four years. And that's no shit. Like there was somewhere in there that I was going to have to get up and talk in front of people. And I just ruled it out, line through it. I'll figure it out on my own. I'm glad I I'm glad I never went to uni because I realized that I work really well on my own and I'm a bit of a sponge in a way where I can absorb things and the internet's such a great tool these days. Yeah. I feel like online courses are the future and I know we're hiring at the gallery at the moment. I don't, I don't care if anyone's been to uni. Yep. I'm not looking at credentials, so don't go to uni. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get us cancelled. Uni's good for some professions, not for everyone. No, it's not. <laughs> 
save yourself. Department of Education are going to be on our next. I got an idea. Save yourself, save yourself forty grand in hex fees. Go and get a forty thousand dollar lease and just set up an art studio and wing it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but all I want to say at the end, and we're going to wrap this one up, is man, you're a really good talker. Like, thanks. You're really good at it. So I'm glad if if. At the bare minimum, all we got out of this podcast is you're in a place where you can stand in front of 10... Well, oh, I, I could see you talking a thousand, in front of a thousand people, man, and having something to, to give for them. And if I want to dream big, and I'm going to put this out here, this is my manifestation for the podcast. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I would love one day to do this podcast live in front of, let's say, 100 people. Yeah, wow. That's a goal I think for that's, me. Yeah. Like, ran out the, the theatre in Newcastle and have enough of an audience here and people were adding value to that we could sit down live in front of people and, and do that. That's my dream. Wow. And I just got nervous. Yeah. I just I'd got like, nervous. Yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the process getting there. Awesome, oh, cool, man. man. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for the chat. If you've made it this far, what are you doing with your life? Go and give us a five-star review on iTunes.